running back, running back. Oh, and another thing, running back. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. Running back. There's no reason to not take a running back in the first round. Let's let's do that with the is that a double negative? There's no reason to not. Yeah, that's a double negative. Classic double negative, actually. This should be the sign that hangs above the doorway portal to whatever will pass for the Steelers war room in the upcoming draft. There's no reason to not take a running back. They can reach up, touch it with their palms, say a little prayer, cross themselves, brew up a coffee, sit down, and get to work. Every day. Because to me, you'd have to have one of three things happen to talk you out of drafting a running back. The first is that you are legitimately blown away by a certain player regardless of position. And I mean regardless of position who falls to you. And it can't be uh, an iffy thing. It can't be, um, you know, one where you go, well, it's a little close. Uh Uh-uh. This has to be someone who is so superior to the available running back there that you just say, you know what, to to heck with everything, I'm taking this player who fell. I'll find a running back somewhere. I'll give Willie Parker a call. I don't know. But I'm going to take this guy because I just, we can't believe it. We had this guy at number four overall on our board, and here he is at 24. Are you kidding me? All, All bets are off. This is our guy. That's not going to happen, but that's number one. Number two is that you have in your head, if you're Kevin Colbert and his scouts, that there is such stunning depth at offensive tackle in this class that in your own rankings – Of the tackles who are available, the player who is a one, a two, and that's not going to be a one. I don't want to get over the top here. But let's say that the player that in in your own organizational rankings is a three or four among offensive tackles. If that player falls and you appreciate the extraordinary nature of this class at that one position, then you treat it kind of the way the Steelers have wide receivers in recent years, including last year. All we heard about going into that draft again and again and again was 10 deep in wide receivers. It's 10 deep in franchise-changing elite wide receivers. They're everywhere. 10 deep. And then 10 were taken. And the Steelers still took one. (laughs) Who was the 11th wide receiver taken 
He, of course, ended up wearing number 11, Chase Claypool. And one could make a very solid argument that he was at least as good as any of them. So you can look at that, too. You could say that it's a, it's such a tackle-rich draft. We feel like we're going to need a tackle. We might not need one in 2021, Zach Banner and Chuk Sikorafor, if they can hold it down. But maybe they will and maybe they won't. Maybe we need depth. Maybe we can get somebody and just have them sit out or, you know, stay in a, a reserve role of some kind or trade one of our existing two tackles for a running back or something like that. So that that's your second one. The third would be your third reason to not take a running back would be if there were no running backs good enough to be taken 24th overall regardless of anybody's positional needs. Meaning if you just did a straight ranking of players, regardless of their positions, regardless of their importance, if there were no running backs at all who belonged in the top 24, that would be a reason to not take one. Not the history of the position and how everybody likes to wait till the second round because there's so many running backs out there. And not because of Eddie Lacy, because the truth is the Steelers never had Lacy ranked above Le'Veon Bell anyway. Not because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being taken with the very last pick of the first round by the Chiefs last year. And a lot of people felt like the Steelers uh, either did or should have had their eye on him and how he could have fit with that offense. You have to have one of these guys whether it's Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, someone who is legitimately deserving of being in the top 24, anybody's top 24. Well, those players exist. The excuses, I, I'm pretty sure I just crossed them all off, right? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, need help with workers' comp, have filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. This law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them online at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. My dude is Travis Etienne. This is the player I'd like to see the Steelers select. Not that I couldn't be sold on Najee Harris. One of the beautiful things about following or covering a team that makes the kinds of picks, the good picks that the Steelers have made in the past few drafts is they do earn the benefit of the doubt at every position other than corner. When you take a levy on Bell when the whole world, including me, was squawking about Eddie Lacy, you 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 get some latitude. So if there were no running backs taken in the first twenty three picks and the Steelers take Najee Harris, I'm going to 
give them the benefit of the doubt. But as I'm talking to you right now, and within the context of Matt Canada taking over as OC, I want ATN. I want the player who is going to offer more speed, more game-breaking, more ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and then do his game-breaking. Sure, he was playing with a pretty talented quarterback in Clemson. But once you catch the ball from that quarterback, the rest is on you. You know, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to come out there and run your route for you, and he's not going to break tackles or pull away from people. And I've seen enough film now of ATN doing all of these things that I'll dovetail his 4-4 speed and everything else that he's got. And he's actually bulked up a little bit now. He showed up for his pro day at 215 pounds, so he's got some of that to him as well. I'll take all of that in a Matt Canada offense that's going to emphasize quickness to elevate the running game. Canada's going to have a younger offensive line, obviously a lot less experienced. He's going to keep the entirety now of his young wide receiver core, all of whom, by the way, are capable of taking those end-arounds and those quick slants to have de facto running plays in that sense as well. The misdirection, the the crossed routes that are designed to confuse people, but especially the pulling, the pulling blocks. Getting offensive linemen out of their three points quickly, moving to where they need to go left or right or wherever, and then having a running back, maybe two, who can capitalize on those holes. Who's the second? Well, it sure ain't Benny Snell. Let's not forget that Anthony McFarland was drafted out of Maryland last year with a lot of the same traits. Now, McFarland was not a great pass catcher um, and obviously never should have been the target on that one fourth down play that I just heard you muttering about as I mentioned that. <laughs> but he did have that breakaway, pull-away speed when he was in college. And the Steelers never really did anything with it because they would just send McFarland in between the tackles, and he had an offensive line that wasn't even interested in blocking. The plays went nowhere, and neither did McFarland, meaning progressing. The Steelers could have two backs with breakaway-type speed who can hit these holes and make them matter. Unlike Benny, who will hit the holes and then look for some place to run into a defender. <laughs> this whole episode's been really mean to some people. I don't mean it to be that way, or maybe I do. Look, take the running back. Take the running back. Get an elite running back, because you can go into that second round and take one of these tackles. There are so many. There are so many tackles. Dale Lawley, our beat writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports, 
estimates that there could be as many as 20 that are taken fairly early on. That's how crazy it is. Well, you're going to get somebody you really like in the second round. You might even get your center who could come in and challenge B.J. Finney for that spot right away. I know I'm kind of that's kind of pipe dreamish because it's not seen as a great center class. But those players are there. You're going to be able to get your tackle in the second round. Get the position you be able to utilize play action. Tom Brady and Drew Brees were still able to do that last year, but Ben seemed to refuse it and took all the snaps from the shotgun. Yes. See, I could actually just end the show right there and just say yes. The question is, how do you pull it off? I don't think there's any debating or disputing your point. Your quarterback being up at the line of scrimmage allows for play action. Ben isn't comfortable with it. Why isn't he? I don't know, because he doesn't acknowledge it. He has been asked about it, and his response is always something along the lines of, no, 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 we do that. We do that. I'm fine with that. It's the same way he would talk about QB sneaks. Remember when those were a thing? Why won't you take the sneak? Why won't you just, it's fourth and one. Why don't you just plunge? You know, we saw a 59-year-old quarterback do it last week. What about you? And he would get a little defensive about it. And then you'll remember when he got the one big sneak after Todd Haley was gone, he basically blamed it all on Haley, which was really funny. I mean, there's not a there's not a coordinator in the world that wouldn't want to have the quarterback sneak as part of his play calling options. Maybe this is the kind of thing that when you heard that Art Rooney was paying Ben a visit before the contract whether that was virtual or knocking on his door or whatever. Maybe this was the kind of thing that they discussed. Maybe this is the kind of thing that Mike Tomlin went to him about and said, hey, listen, we'd love to have you back, but there's a couple of things we got to bring into this offense or bring back into this offense, and we need you on board. Or we've got this coordinator. We, we really like him. We trust him. We don't know why, or we're not going to revisit why, his jet sweeps and a lot of his play calls or his play designs got eliminated after about, what, week seven or eight? But this year he's actually going to call the plays and you're going to be the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there will be some RPO and whatever else, but for the most part, it, it's going to be Matt Canada's show. Kevin Colbert said publicly, publicly, since the end of the season, that the Steelers were even looking at bringing in players on the offensive side of the ball who fit more with the Matt Canada offense than what they had before. Well, that's, to go back to what I was saying in the first segment, that's, that's another sign of this emphasizing quickness and speed. And even at the interior line positions, they want guys who can move. That's 
something that the quarterback had better be on board with. Now, how often do you want the quarterback to take the football and go, you know, pile driving into 330-pound angry men? I don't know. I'm guessing it's not all that much. But taking snaps under center? I don't know that that's such a bad thing. If Ben doesn't like being up there because he's worried that he's closer to the on-rushing angry people, he's going to have to get over that. He's going to have to challenge his line to be better. I don't know that he would have felt comfortable doing that last year. He had all these veteran guys, guys who'd been with him for years, guys who'd been protecting him for years, and for that matter, guys who protected him last year. It was the only thing they did well, but it was the most important thing. The pass protection was solid to an extent. Ben was still forced to get rid of the ball. Ben's no dummy. He knows when he's not getting the pass pro that he needs. These guys were coming, and he knew it, and he had to have the fastest release time in the NFL, which he ended up having at 2.7 seconds. Maybe he sees and feels something different once he gets to Latrobe. Maybe he'll look around and he'll trust uh, these newer guys, these younger guys, to lock in, hold their blocks, but also to get a little nasty, to knock some people backward. And he'll have that extra time, and he'll think, all right, well, what else do we need here? What, do you, what else do you need, Coach? And Coach will say, hey, um, cool, how about some play action? All right, let's do that. Hey, everybody, remember play action? And they can go do that. Good question, man. Thanks for asking that. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll have another Daily Shot of Steelers tomorrow. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu slash works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.